at this moment. We'll stand in a moment for the Word of God. But you can turn to Romans chapter number 12 if you would like to, and hopefully you grabbed one of the bulletins and you can follow along that way this morning. But uh, as we get into our message this morning, <clears throat> all, we, all month long we've been focusing, uh, of course, this month on the Holy Spirit of God. And this morning's message is one that uh, might be a little bit more in the area of review, but I know that oftentimes repetition is the key to learning. Uh, there may be some things that are new, uh, and of course we'll take a look at it from a, a little bit of a different perspective, but we want to look to the scriptures and what God has for us. And I've entitled today's message, Living a Spirit-Filled Life. Now, this is something that sounds very simple, but yet many people struggle with, many Christians struggle with this, because if you are saved this morning then you have the Holy Spirit of God. And, and listen, that's the greatest gift that, that outside of salvation that God can give to us is that the Father sent the Holy Spirit when Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of God. And so God has given us His Spirit, and God wants us, listen to me, He wants us not to struggle in our life as a Christian. Many Christians do for various reasons, and I get that. Uh, there's always going to be struggles, but you'll learn this morning some things that God has given to us by His Spirit to help us on a daily basis. And so as we think about this, this matter of living a Spirit-filled life, <laughs> the difficulty for many of us is this that from a human standpoint, you and I like to be in control of our lives. Uh, we we want to have our hands on the steering wheel. Uh, we want to have our hands on the reins of our lives. Uh, we don't like it when someone else or something else is in control of our lives. But can I tell you, and I hope this is a constant reminder to you, that there is one that does want to have control of your life, and that is the Holy Spirit of God. As we look at this this morning, the Holy Spirit of God, as He wants to control our lives, and we yield to the Spirit, this matter of yielding to the Spirit of God, <clears throat> listen, probably the greatest decision you'll ever make is the day that you trusted Christ as your Savior. I know for me... That changed my life. After I got saved, then the next probably greatest decision is that instead of me leading my life, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit of God do that. Look what D.L. Moody said. He said that at one time that he was in a meeting, he heard a preacher make this statement. He said, the world is yet to see what God can do with a man fully surrendered to God. And Moody heard those words. And God began to deal with him, and Moody's reply to that was this statement. He said, by the grace of God, I'll be that man. Now, a unique thing about Dwight L. Moody is, is that many believe, and, and there are some statistics, that Moody shook two continents, America and Europe, uh, for the Lord, and they believe that there were about a million people that trusted Christ as their Savior under the ministry of and the preaching of Dwight L. Moody. Now, say, <clears throat> that's, that's pretty amazing, 
God using one man in such a way, can I tell you, God wants to use your life. And he wants to use my life to make a difference in this world we live in. Well, that's only going to be possible as we allow, as we give the Holy Spirit of God full and complete control of our lives. And by the way, the Holy Spirit deserves complete control. And, and so when we look at this matter of the Holy Spirit, we think of it this way, that the Holy Spirit is God in us. We are his vessel that he wants to use. We are his ambassadors in this world that we live in. And so if you have your Bible there this morning in Romans 12, if you are able to, let's stand this morning for the reading of the Word of God. A couple verses here that we're familiar with that talk about this matter of our reasonable service. All right, Romans 12, verse 1, verse 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, each one of us, to understand that now that we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, He dwells in us, that every day we're faced with decisions. And God, you do not want us to struggle as your children. And Lord, may we yield to your Spirit, allow Him control, and God, may our lives be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Now, when you look at these verses, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, we see these words like transform by the renewing of our minds, and we see the words reasonable service. Now, it's talking about what is logical as a Christian, that we would surrender complete control, not keep back part for ourselves, but every day of our lives, complete control to the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit will bring about this transformation uh, through His power as God in our lives. And it's a power that without the Holy Spirit, we would never have known this power that is available to us. You see, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit helps us to live a life that is an abundant life, a full life, one that is beyond our own power. Jesus said in John 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, not just the normal life, but an abundant Christian life, a full Christian life. Well, how would we experience that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's Spirit in our lives, but yet so many Christians do not have and do not uh, enjoy the abundant Christian life. But can I tell you that the only way that is possible, it is a product of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Living this Spirit-filled life is about you and I learning. And by the way, it's an ongoing thing. We'll see that in just a minute. It's learning to practice His presence in our lives moment by moment. Allowing the Spirit to have His control in our lives. It's a daily discipline. 
It's a daily choice. And by the way, so is it's a daily choice to either uh, allow him control or to neglect the Holy Spirit of God. Notice what Spurgeon said, the greatest crime of sinners is to blaspheme the Holy Ghost and the greatest fault of saints is to neglect the Holy Ghost. Now, yesterday we had the funeral service and, and had, a, had a wonderful time and, and said our final goodbye to our dear brother. Of course, we know for the last 12 days he's been with the Lord and we thank God for that. But at the end of the sermon yesterday... I asked this question. I said to those that were here, I said, the question this morning is, what will you do with Jesus? Because that's going to determine if you're going to spend eternity in heaven with God or in hell without the Lord. And I asked that question, what are you going to do with the person of Jesus? Now, the question this morning is not the same. Because yesterday, that was in the area of salvation. Today, this message is more geared towards those of us that know Christ as our Savior, that once we are saved, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us, the Bible says. So the question this morning is this, what will you do with the Holy Spirit? Will you neglect the Holy Spirit or will you allow the Holy Spirit full control in your life? Now, as we look at the message this morning, living a spirit-filled life, I want to see from the Word of God this morning three commands that God gives to us that are very important for us that we would follow or obey these commands. Notice the first one from Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 18 where the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the first command that God gives us is to be filled with the Spirit of God. This is, listen, the act, being filled with the Spirit, is the act of emptying ourselves of any known sin. So it's important if we are going to be filled with the Spirit of God, that sin cannot uh, abide in us. If there is something in our lives, we must yield completely to the Holy Spirit of God. Paul put it this way, writing to those in Galatia. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He wrote to the church in Rome. Notice these words. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye yourselves or your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. See those words there, that we should yield ourselves, our lives, our bodies, as instruments of righteousness. In other, in other words, letting God have his way in our lives. So you and I, as we are saved, and we must be filled with the Spirit of God, that is this matter of constantly choosing who to yield to. It boils down to the flesh 
and the Spirit. Every day, we're going to serve one or the other. Most Christians don't willfully choose to live in the flesh, to yield to the flesh, to walk in the flesh. I think many times what happens is they arrive there by default. Maybe you don't struggle, but many Christians do. It always brings me back to a portion of Scripture that helps me and that is Romans chapter 7, where Paul writes about the battle every day between his flesh and the spirit. And so the Bible tells us that we must be filled with the spirit of God. We must deliberately yield to the spirit of God. And so every day we're going to give in to the flesh or we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and control us. Now, if I can illustrate this today... Uh, again, a lot of times people are, are much better when it comes to visuals. Right now, although this glass looks empty, there's actually something in it. It's called air. And if I wanted to get the air out of this glass, there is a way that I can do that is I can actually fill this glass with water. Now, as I fill this glass with water, what happens is is the air comes out of it. And so understand that, that this is what God wants us to do, is He wants our lives to be empty of self or anything in our life that does not belong there. And He wants us to be filled, not with water, He wants us to be filled with the Spirit of God. And so understand, as we think about this illustration this morning, that God is asking us to be filled with His Spirit. Well, how do we do this? Notice, first of all, it's a matter of choice. See, we can choose. Being filled with the Spirit is not something that's mystical. It's not something that's complicated. It's just a simple daily decision to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's acknowledging and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And as we acknowledge the Spirit and we surrender to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help us to grow and develop as a Christian. Notice what the Bible says in Philippians 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, it helps us to know how we should think and how we should act. The Spirit filling us is going to transform us, as we saw in Romans 12. Transform us what? Into the image of God's own dear Son. In other words, a Christian. We need the filling of the Spirit in our lives, and it is a matter of choice. The Christian life is something that many times people think, boy, it's, this should happen instantaneously. And, and sometimes people struggle because they're saved, but they continue to do things. Hey, listen, there are many places in the Bible I could take you to. For one, for one instance is first, the book called 1 Corinthians. Paul was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Christians that were struggling with things that they were involved in before they got saved. Now, were they saved? Sure. But they were allowing the flesh to keep them from living the abundant Christian life. They were making poor choices daily instead of being filled with the Spirit, they were giving into the flesh. Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? And it may be only me this morning, but I know that 
this matter of being filled with the Spirit, a lot of times people think that it is something that should happen instantaneously, but it is actually something intended for a lifetime. The Christian life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's, it's something that is going to take an entire life. It's a matter of choice. But notice being filled with the Spirit, secondly, is a decision of faith. It is something that we, it's not a feeling, it's a faith decision. We ask God to fill us with the Spirit. And as we ask Him to fill us, we yield to His filling. And then we accept by faith that God has done what He has promised to do, and that is to fill us with His Spirit. Look at this verse here in Luke eleven thirteen. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Notice the Bible says that God will give to His Spirit to give to them that ask of Him. And so what we must understand is being filled with the Spirit is a decision of faith. But notice it's also a repeated process. See, and being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time event. Now, I will tell you this, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit became a part of your life. That is something that happens at the moment of salvation. But the filling of the Spirit of God is something that is a moment-by-moment lifestyle. It requires sensitivity. See, here's, here's where many struggle. There are churches and religions today that teach that after you get saved, if you sin, you lose your salvation. How many of you have heard something like that before? A lot of people have heard that before. And by the way, I wouldn't want to live that way because living that way every day, you're always wondering, am I saved or not saved? Am I lost or am I saved? That's no way to live. The Bible teaches us that God is the one that saves us, and when He saves us, He gives us everlasting life. How long does that last? Forever. You can't lose your salvation, right? So understand that when you and I, when we get saved, that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and He is there in His permanent indwelling presence, but... In our lives as Christians, the flesh and the spirit are constantly doing battle that when you and I do sin, okay, and by the way, that's why you find in 1 John 1, 9 in the Bible that if we sin, the Bible says that, that we should confess and that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All. See, God knows we're going to struggle. Now, it's not God's intention that we go on in our struggles. And, and by the way, 1 John 1.9 is not a get-out-of-jail-free card either, all right? Some people act like I can just do what I want, and then I can just flash this card in front of God, and everything will be A-OK. -okay. You will stand before the Lord one day and give an account of the life that you live. But see, what happens is, is that, that as we do sin, that this matter of being filled with the Spirit, watch, if you're filled with the Spirit, it requires sensitivity that when we do step outside of the Holy Spirit's control of our lives, that we would immediately realize that we're out of God's will, that we have sinned, and that we would confess it. 
And then what happens after that? Then we ask the Spirit of God to fill us again. Now, again, sometimes people wonder uh, about this matter of, uh, of re repeating this over and over again. Okay, But the Bible teaches us that this process is one of repentance. It is then of restoration. And then we see this matter of forgiveness. David said it this way in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Did you see the words there? David, David said, a man whose heart was a heart after God. David said, renew a right spirit within me. Sounds to me like David's spirit got, got out of the control of the spirit of God. Something happened in his life. I think a lot of us have read enough of God's word. We have read some of the things that David did that David shouldn't have done. And by the way, we're all sinners. David says, God, I'm repenting of my sin. He was practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, living a spirit-filled life requires a quick response. Don't allow sin to build up in your lives like barnacles on the side of a ship. It requires that we would respond quickly and that we would run from sin and that we would embrace holiness. That's what God wants for a spirit-filled life. It is a life of total surrender and submission. And you say, well, I don't know, Pastor. Can a person actually live a life of total surrender and submission to God? And I'm telling you this morning, yes, you can. And it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And so the Bible tells us it's a command of God to be filled with the Spirit of God. Now notice the second command. And it's directly connected to being filled with the Spirit. The second one is that after being filled with the Spirit, we should walk in the Spirit. Now it sounds pretty simple. Walking in the Spirit. But here's what we need to see is that as we are filled with the Spirit of God... It will produce a walk with the Spirit. So if I come back over here, and, and uh, I didn't, intentionally didn't fill this glass to the full because pastor, since he was about 16 years of age, I've had this problem with the shakes. It's not from drugs. It's not from uh, overeating. It's not from drinking. It just runs in the family. Anybody else have that problem? I, I mean, I, I just, a lot of times I get to shake and sometimes worse than others, people see my hand and they're like, Pastor, you have a problem. I'm like, yes, I do. I have many problems, all right? But here's the thing is, is that what's in this glass, and if I filled it more full, it would probably better illustrate that what's in this glass is going to affect my walk. Now, if this glass is only half full, I can walk around, I can raise it up and down, do all kinds of things with it, like some of you I've seen with your coffee cups. <laughs> just, just going like this, like, you know, it's nothing, you know, because you've been burned a million times with that coffee and it doesn't bother you anymore. But do you get the idea here that the more filled we are with the Spirit, the less of self there is, and being filled with the Spirit is going to affect our walk. It's very important that we understand this because as we think about the Spirit's role in our lives, notice we see 
this matter of walking in the Spirit is a developed habit. It is something the word walk itself implies to walk and march in step with, to fall into rank, to conform to the virtue of. In, in other words, uh, you know, I've, I was never in the military, but I've seen where they've been marching and walking together in rank. And, and here's the thing is, who are we walking with? Who are we in step with? The Holy Spirit of God. We're filled with the Spirit of God, and we are to walk, notice, in the Spirit. Paul wrote it this way, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. People say, I struggle all the time, Pastor, with this, and I just keep doing this, and I wouldn't, wish I wouldn't do it. Well, walk in the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, God's given us his spirit in that same chapter. He says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. In Romans chapter 8, in verse number 1, the Bible, one of the great verses for those of us that are saved, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The spirit. See, look, there's, there's no condemnation. We're not guilty. We're not walking after the flesh. This walking in the spirit boils down to one thing. It boils down to everyday choices. You and I are going to make everyday choices. And as, I, as I, you see this picture here, this couple, you know, understand that, that you and I, every day, physically, yes, you're going to walk somewhere. You're going to get out of your car, walk to a store. You're going to walk at work. You're going to walk around your house Every day, physically, you're going to walk, but spiritually speaking, you are going to walk your life as a Christian, and God says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit that will help you with your walk. See, the word walk is something that deals with our daily lifestyle. The Spirit will help us. Now, every day, you're going to face decisions. Maybe you already face some decisions on your way to church this morning with your thoughts and maybe with your emotions and other things. Uh, the, the, the reality is that every day, as day, the, the day starts, what you should decide to do every morning is this. As you get up, you should say, God, I need you today. I need your help. I need, watch this, I need your filling of your spirit today. Now, by the way, if you do that, that's, that's a great practice, but it's something that will help you to start the day right. But here's what happens. Things start happening during the day. And as you were filled with the Spirit, you get in the flesh, you give, give way to the flesh, and you become depleted. It's, it's kind of like when you, when you buy an automobile. Sometimes... They will, whoever you buy it from, whether it's new and it's from a car dealer or whether from an individual, it might have some fuel in a tank. If you're lucky, they might have filled the gas tank. That doesn't happen much. But you cannot drive that car, that, that vehicle, forever on that one tank of gas. Eventually, you have to go back to the station, go back to the pump again and again and again. And that ought to help us to understand the same thing in the Christian life is that this matter of being filled with the Spirit is something that 
that we need to do on a daily basis. Because here's what's going to happen is, as we walk in the Spirit, we need to develop some discipline by listening to the Spirit of God, by obeying every impulse of the Holy Spirit in our daily choices. Look, the Spirit of God is interested in everything you do. For instance, the Spirit is interested in what you're listening to and what you're watching and what you say and what you read and how you act and how you spend your time and who you spend your time with. The Holy Spirit cares about all of these things in your life. In every situation, you and I must choose either the flesh or the Spirit. And so understand that being filled with the Spirit helps us to walk in the Spirit. And notice it's a developed habit, but if we're not walking in the Spirit, it's a dangerous neglect. We can neglect the Holy Spirit of God. There are Christians out there, and I've known many over the years, and at times it's even been me, people that love God, they believe in the power of God, but somehow along the way they're not disciplining themselves to listen to the Spirit, to obey the Holy Spirit moment by moment. God wants to be in your life. God wants you to remember Him. God wants you to include Him, to obey Him. Jeremiah said, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. That's sad. How many of God's people today, like days of Jeremiah, that God's people have forgotten about him, how he's given us his Holy Spirit, but many choose to neglect the Spirit of God. It's dangerous when we neglect the Spirit of God who wants to lead us, but the choice is ours to walk in the Spirit. Look, the flesh is going to resist, but the Holy Spirit God has given to us to help us, to guide us. Moody said, a Christian who is not living in the power of the Spirit is living below his privileges. God wants you to have the abundant Christian life. And so every day, what do we must do? We must be intentional that we're going to ask God to fill us with his Spirit. And then as we are filled, we will walk in the Spirit. And then look at this third command is that as we're filled and as we're walking in the Spirit, that we will pray in the Spirit. Sometimes you talk about this and people think, well, I I don't know how that's possible. Is that something that's supernatural? Can anyone, any Christian do that? Listen, praying in the Spirit should be a natural outflow of walking with the Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit of God and we're walking with the Spirit, it should be natural to converse with the Spirit of God. The more we walk with Him, the more we are going to talk with Him on a daily basis. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. So it's important that you and I understand this matter of spending time with Him, walking with Him. Let me illustrate this with you, and I I won't bring her up here, but one of the things that, and, and, and you know, I just think that that to me, one of the greatest gifts that God gave me after I got saved, and really it was in my life before I got saved, was my wife. Now, I thank God for my wife. And my wife's my greatest friend. 
and we like to do a lot of things together. And, and listen, I enjoy time with other people, but there's no one in my life like my, my wife. I, I enjoy spending time with her. And one of the things we enjoy doing is we enjoy just walking. A lot of times we'll just we'll, we'll get our walking shoes on and we'll go out from the house and we'll walk around the neighborhood and sometimes we'll walk two miles and sometimes three miles and we just spend time together walking together and as we're walking, guess what? We're talking. Now, as we're together, it's just her and me. I mean, I've got her attention. She's got mine. We don't take our cell phones. We're not, we're not busy with other things. The only thing that occasionally might distract us is if some car tries to run us over, you know? But other than that, we're just, we're just out and we're walking side by side. We have something in common. We enjoy the time together. So as we're walking, she might start to talk about something maybe with our kids or our grandkids. And we're talking about that, and we'll walk, and, and we don't keep track of how long we talk about a, a particular topic, but we'll, we'll talk about it, and, and, and we'll carry on that conversation until the conversation, I guess, comes to an end. And then we'll keep walking, and then maybe I'll say something, and we'll start talking about maybe someone here at the church or something going on in our lives, and we'll talk about that. And then when we get done with that, we might talk about something else. Do you understand that as we're walking together, we're talking with each other? And sometimes, sometimes couples are like, boy, I just don't know. My husband's like a stranger to me. You know, I just, I don't understand her. Well, sometimes you ought to maybe just go for a walk. Learn to, learn to spend time together. You get to know somebody real well when you spend time with them. And God's given us his spirit that as we're filled with his spirit, we're being controlled by his spirit, that we are walking with his spirit as we're being filled by his spirit, and then we are praying in his spirit. We are communicating with him. We're talking with him. That's what prayer is. It's spending time pouring your heart out to God and listening to God speak to you. See, these are all connected about this living a life filled with the Spirit of God. And so as we think about praying in the Spirit, it's a spiritual weapon. This matter of praying in the Spirit is one of the greatest spiritual workouts in our lives. But listen, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit's help. It's more, of a, more than a conversation. It's a battling exercise, but it is a vital part of winning the spiritual warfare of the Christian life. Jude put it this way. He said, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Look, this it's an ongoing conversation that you and I need to have. That Look, I love those times with my wife, but spending time conversing with the Spirit of God, who is God, it plays a significant role in my, in my life in winning the spiritual battle, the struggle of the flesh and the spirit. Praying in the spirit is a spiritual weapon. But notice also, it is also having a continual conversation. You see, the spirit of God, and we mentioned this many weeks ago, the spirit of God is our partner in prayer. 
He's our intercessor. And it's the Spirit that helps us. God invites us to have this ongoing conversation with Him all day, every day. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So here's what the Bible teaches. The more you and I practice the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives and we boldly come before Him, the more victorious you will be as a Christian in the daily struggles that we face. A life of prayer is a learned discipline. It is a developed habit. The Spirit will help you every moment, but you and I need to remember Him. You and I need to acknowledge the Spirit's presence constantly in our lives. And the Christian life is what? If we're going to live a Spirit-filled life, it involves yielding to the Spirit of God, it involves walking in the Spirit, and it involves praying in the Spirit. You see, we must understand this. Look, every day, we must give God control, yield our lives to Him, obey God in the moments, and then learn to speak with Him on a continual basis. I hope that everybody here this morning knows Christ as your Savior. We had the joy yesterday of seeing eight people put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it was. But I know that 36 years ago, I was without Christ. My life was empty, meaningless. It was limp and lifeless. And I remember as God began to work in my heart and God saved me by His grace. God filled me with His Spirit. The Spirit dwells in me, and I hope that you're saved this morning too. If I could illustrate this this morning, this glove represents my life, your life, before we come to know Christ as our Savior. In other words, there's nothing to us. Our lives without the Lord I could not pick up something. I could not do anything with this glove because it's just limp. It's lifeless. But when God saves us and God gives us his spirit into our lives, the Holy Spirit moves in. And we're able to do things that we could never do in our own power but we can do it now because of God's Holy Spirit. Now, if I could illustrate, and I can't really do it, but if I were to try to put all my fingers into this one finger of this glove, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get it all in there. But I'll tell you this, there are five fingers in this glove. And I know in my life, I don't want God's Spirit to just fill one part of my life I want God's Spirit to fill every part of my life. You see, the filling of the Spirit without God, without being filled with the Spirit, but if we allow God to fill us with His Spirit, look what we can accomplish for the Lord. And as God fills us, then may we, as we are filled with His Spirit, controlled by His Spirit, May we walk 
in the spirit. It's something that's going to require discipline. And as we walk in the spirit, it'll help us to be able to pray in the spirit. How's your life today? What are you doing with the spirit? Are you neglecting him? Or are you yielding control of your life to him? Would you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word. And I pray that you would bless this time of invitation, Lord, that your will would be done in people's lives. Lord, I do pray that everybody here knows Christ as their Savior. That is the most important decision that anyone will ever make. And Lord, if we are saved, there's no doubt that many are struggling day by day because they are choosing to neglect the Holy Spirit. The power is available. And so as we think about this this morning, God, I pray that we would allow the Spirit to have full, complete control of our lives. That we would walk daily in the Spirit. And that we would pray in the Spirit. God, may your will be done so that we could be living a Spirit-filled life which would lead us to having an abundant life. And we pray that you'd bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? The piano is playing this morning. Do you need to come this morning and say, Pastor, I've been trying to live my life my way. Why don't you come to the Lord and just wave the flag, the white flag of yielding to the Spirit of God. For some of us, we just need to let go. Take your hands off. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Some of you, you've been allowing God's Spirit to fill you. How's your walk? Does your walk and your talk match? Why don't you come today? Do business with God. Allow His Spirit to have His way. And you'll experience the abundant Christian life. As Brother Kenny sings, why don't you come?